Well, now we get to get started. Very quickly, um, and I'll come back to this next week. I'm, uh, I'm always excited to hear about what God's doing throughout the world. Um, I'm always more than willing to let people who are sharing Christ around the world come and tell what God is doing and, and ask for prayers and the ways we can do that. And the reason that we can do that, and we'll, I'm going to actually come back to this next week too, but I want to read this passage um, and uh, a few thoughts leading. I'll give you my outline for next week, but I won't dive deep into it. But this is a, one of the passages that is foundational to how we end up doing church worldwide. And that's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And since I'm standing today, you get to, too. Let's stand as we read the word. I wasn't going to make you do something I wasn't going to do last week. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord, I thank you that even today, 2,000 years after these words, I pray that you would be at work in us as the body, as your body, to guide us, to bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here's my, uh, here's my outline for next week. But we're going to spend some time praying for, for things along the way as well. It's wonderful to hear from missionaries about what is happening around the world and the ways we can pray for them. And the things that always uh, touch me is the personal relationships that they have, the people they're praying for back on the field, or as it may be for many people if you talk about 30 years on the field, back home. That God be at work in their hearts and their lives. And again, with the opportunities that he puts before us as our nation, whether you like this politically or not, is not the point. Our nation receives refugees from around the world. That we don't take for granted the chance that is before us to proclaim the gospel in the land of the living. And um, there are three things about this passage, and there are actually five points in in a church's life that uh, many many church models have followed out of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. But three major sections with this. First of all, that they were devoted to the Word, devoted to the apostles' teaching together. And what does that mean? In our lives, how that flushes out today is that we are meeting together to study the Word of God. And that is really what uh, the, the primary focus of what we are doing is. Because the Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides soul to spirit and joints to marrow. And it, and it changes the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. It judges what we do. It changes us. And so as we look at the Word, we are called together to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans chapter 12, the Hebrews chapter 4 was where I was earlier. 
a moment ago. But they devoted themselves to this and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. What, is, what does that mean, the breaking of bread? It's probably a couple different things. First of all, that simply they were eating together, that they were sharing in common the blessings that they received. You know, many of you will have people in your home this coming week that you will share that blessing with of a meal together for Thanksgiving. But it also means that they were uh, experiencing communion together. That is the Lord's Supper. That as they remembered what God did for us in Jesus, they were obedient as, as Paul calls them to be in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to the breaking of bread and fellowship of the Lord's Supper. But also the next thing was that they were devoted to each other. And that is the middle chunk of this passage. Awe came upon every soul, and wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed together were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in the homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They shared what they had together. They, they didn't take for granted the blessings that were upon them, and they recognized that the, the things of this world are temporary, and that the greatest need we have together as the body of Christ is first Christ, but also each other, that presence that we have together in the fellowship. And I'll dive more into that next week. But finally, that final gathering, see, you're going to get a five-minute sermon here. This is, going to be, this is going to be the first time for everything. Praising God, they worshiped together. And the reason we gather for worship is because God is faithful. And that worship, I mean, it's been 2,000 years that the church has been on earth. The, the expressions of worship have evolved dramatically through history. And we all have our favorite songs, and we all have our favorite instruments, and we all wish that somebody would do something this or that or whatever. But then when we start getting caught up into what we want, we then make it about ourselves. When it's really about Him. And we need to return to that focus on His Word to each other and the Lord and the worship together. You know, we may like or not like one thing more than another. But that's not really what it's all about because what we are supposed to be doing is blessing one another in the name of the Lord. And see, that's really what we find out as the life of the church here. And theologians have tried to do all kinds of different things with this passage and have done all kinds of different things with this passage. We see entire church models built upon five different purposes that are found through here. But what it comes down to is why we gather. We gather in order to grow in unity and strength in what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And so we'll come back to more of that as we dig in a little deeper on it. But one of the primary things we do is we pray that the Word goes forward, that we proclaim the good news of the Savior where we are and then throughout the world. We are not here for ourselves. We do exist together, and God calls us to serve together, to fellowship together, to share, as it says here, all things in common. But ultimately, is for the glory of the King. And so if we feel like somehow obligated because we're supposed to, then it does not act as an equivalent to an offering or a gift to our king. 
And this kind of time of year, we're coming to Thanksgiving and especially into Christmas. I, you know, you, you hear people, I want to hear kids get Christmas. I want to see kids get Christmas. Why? Why do you want to see that? Because we want the word of Christ to go forward. We want to proclaim the incarnation, that God became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. And so as we gather together as the church, we should love and support one another, but it is for the purpose of the proclamation of the gospel. It's never for the, just the fellowship. The fellowship always serves the community. And so as we see this happening here, we see ultimately that the gospel is proclaimed and then it takes off throughout their known world within a matter of a few years. And I, I just call you to that place of prayer to that place of obedience, that we trust God to do His work. When we start getting wrapped up in our own numbers, we are missing the point. Wherever two or three are gathering in His name, there He is. The question is, is God there? Do we proclaim His name honestly and live out a passage like this where we share things together for His glory. And that's really what all these offerings are about as well. We, they mentioned the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Half of our world missions offering, however much we collect, this year our goal is $5,000, but half of what we collect goes forward to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which directly supports missionaries in the Southern Baptist Convention and the International Mission Board. And so when we... Uh, when we give to, to that offering, we can know that that tangible amount is going forward to see God at work. And it is testy times in our world, whether it's because of a virus, whether it's because of politics, whatever it may be, but it is being used to God's glory. So we are thankful to hear about how God is at work and what he is doing through our missionaries today. But the question is now, how does our life how does my life, how do our lives together line up to a passage like Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47? Are we giving ourselves to the cause of Christ? That's what it comes down to. It's, it's more than our possessions. Because we can't take our possessions. I think about missionaries that have moved around the world. They're always trying to get rid of more stuff. Why? Because when they get to where they're going, you know what they have with them? Generally this. Am I correct? You start with that, and then you start collecting all the stuff while you're there. Right? Especially if your car has left-hand steering and you go to a country that has right-hand steering. I probably wouldn't worry about taking my truck with me anyway. It's got enough miles on it. But God's, God's going to work through generous hearts. We see it right here. Are you willing to give your life as Christ gave his? We talked about taking up our cross and following him last week. And that's really what it's about. It's beyond our pocketbooks, although that's a pretty strong reflection of it. It has everything to do with who we are and what we believe about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Do you know him? And are you 
giving your life to him as he gave his life for you. Let's pray. Father, you are faithful. You are good. I pray now as we worship you that we are reminded of everything that you have done for us in Jesus Christ. I nor anyone else in here right now is worthy of what you have done for us and in us. But God, I pray that your grace guides our lives and that as we, um, as we gather to worship you, we, say the, we see the word of Christ go forth and lives changed by the good news that is the gospel. Change our hearts today as we give our lives to you in Jesus' name.